Agreed. Do you consent? Do I, I consent to said recording. I, I love how it pops up with a little thing. It says the meeting is be recorded. Do you want to leave? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't yes. know. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, is that an option? Like, <laughs> that was a rule. Oh my Just goodness. Get me out of here now. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? I would be delighted. Uh, my name is Nicole Baker. I am a life and mindset coach. I specifically work with perfectionists. So like everyone on the gosh darn planet who lives in the 21st century. Um, and we work specifically on goal setting and actually following through on said goals. Cause perfectionists have this really beautiful talent of setting super high, insane expectation goals, and then doing either nothing with it or doing everything with it and then quitting four days later. Mm-hmm. So I help people really set intentional alignment, um, action steps to take them to the end of the goal. And then like, spoiler alert, it's not actually about achieving the goal at all. It's about finding out who you are, how to slow down, how to enjoy the process. And like, dare I say, enjoy this life that you're working so hard to live. <laughs> and that's the real magic of what I do. So I'm, I, I love it. And I'm so excited to be here to talk to you because creatives are like, my bread, my butter, my family. I've been in them and I've been working with them for many years and I just, I love this community. So thank you for having me. I'm pretty happy to be having you and sharing you with everybody. <laughs> um, we have no idea what you're talking about, about setting way too many goals and either not accomplishing them or that's just crazy talk. <laughs> Where's what my- is exceedingly high expectations? I've never heard of those. I think I showed you my agenda. I think you did. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, wow. It's <laughs> a to-do list I've seen one too many times and it never ceases to amaze me. I'm just yeah. like, you can write that small on a piece of paper that large? Wow. Yeah. Talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel attacked at all. I'm just, I'm just here to add every single human being either listening to this podcast or sharing the Zoom room with me. So get ready to be like capital A added friends. <laughs> um, so what, well, what, why don't you tell us what drew you, like, how did you end up doing this in the first place? Cause that's a really specific, there's lots of people who are like, hi, I'm a life coach or I'm a business consultant. So how did you, what started this? I have a really weird story on how I got in here because my parents actually worked for some of the top personal development people in like starting in like the eighties. And so I grew up in this environment, having gone to like Tony Robbins seminars when he was lucky to have like a thousand people there, like those really beginner of the, the personal development world. And I absorbed this language, like a sponge. But because it was the 1980s and 90s, 1990s when I was born, I absorbed the old personal development formula. It was like, if you are not happy and constantly working, then you don't care enough or you don't care enough about your dreams. So I really grew up with that like on repeat in my head. And I fell into this um, awesome theater community in high school and I started loving it. And I actually ended up going to uh, college for musical theater. And... I was in my sophomore year, I was working with my voice teacher and I had these insanely high expectations on myself. I was such a perfectionist, such a people pleaser. Oh my God, that poor sweet angel. I just want to give her a hug. <laughs> um, but I was working with this voice teacher 
And she sat me down one day in our lessons and said, you just, you're not good. You should leave this program. You should go back to acting. Like I was an acting major prior. She's like, you really shouldn't be here. Like, you know, you should kind of leave. And I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was honestly one of the worst days of my life. And it kept happening. And finally I was just like, okay, I'm going to get up the balls. I'm going to leave this voice studio. That'll show them. Hmm. But my mindset, my confidence, my, my whole being was shattered. I mean, like there was no self-worth left in me. And so I moved studios. I went with a uh, a new voice teacher the following year. And this angel sent from heaven of a man sat me down about halfway through the year and said, because your self-confidence, because your levels that you're singing at, you can't graduate from this program unless you perform a freaking miracle. And I was like, this was my dream program to get into. It was one of the really high prestigious ones in the country. And I was like, you watch me, I will do this. And like it, that voice had never come out of me before. I, I would have been like, yes, of course I'll leave tomorrow. I'll pack my bags. But something in me was just like, no, you can do this. So I actually called OG life coach Baker, who is my dad. <laughs> and I called him and was just like, look, I need some coaching. I need to turn this around. I need to figure this out. And we worked together on my mindset because really that was what's screwing me. It was just like, it was so shattered. And once we started working on like my mindset, my energy, my motivation, my belief systems, which really were, were really just fun to tackle. I ended up, spoiler alert, I ended up graduating the program, crying tears of joy on my graduation day. I had a little cap that said she believed she could. So she did like a cheese mongrel. It was great. Um, and I knew that this was something I loved. I was like, oh my God, I've seen this work like firsthand. I've also started like telling this to my friends. I've seen them have transformations. So I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to like make it as a musical theater actress. That'll give me some clout. And then I'm going to become a coach for actors. And then I went out in the world. I started auditioning and I hated it. I was just like, this is not bringing me joy. I do not like this scene. I don't have the drive. I don't have like what this is requiring. Not because like my self-worth is low, but because it just wasn't giving me fire as much as personal development was. And so I'm giving you a very long answer to this question, but um, I was at a seminar the same weekend that I was actually a lead in a musical. It was like one of my first big leads in Chicago. It was in fun home. I was playing medium Allison. It was like a dream role. And I was in a seminar the same weekend that was like 16 hour days. Like you're screaming and like rah, rah all day. So I was having to like go back and forth between the two. And, um, we were in this like visualization meditation thing. And he was asking the speaker, he was asking like, um, like, what does your life look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now. And I was like, okay, well, um, I'm an actor. I've got my equity card. I'm being called into audition. It sounded just like that. Like, I mean, creatives know that like, that is not how you should feel about your like field, especially when it's as hard as being a creative. And he asked the question of just like, it was so simple, but it was like fully step into this moment, breathe in it, like see it, see it all around you. And just something I'm going to like God, universe, spiritual guide, whatever, just like came in and wiped that quote vision. I don't know if I'd really even call it that, but wiped that image away from me and just flooded me with like coaching, speaking, writing books, getting to touch people's lives in this really like personal development, making them go through these like beautiful transformation ways. 
And ever since that day, I went, I performed the musical. It was the last one I ever did. And I decided to start my business basically the next day. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. So I started working with actors. I switched to perfectionists because I realized that was the mindset that I really liked working with, um, which is also all actors. So like, <laughs> but it was like one of the biggest gifts I've ever received in my life was like that just like moment of clarity. It was so powerful. Wow. So cool. Was there any part of you that was scared? Cause you're terrified. Yeah. <laughs> terrified. Um, I never used my voice before really. I, I like, I had done like some in musical theater college. I'd like really learned how to like condition my mindset and like become a cookie cutter musical theater performer and graduate, but learning how to speak in front of people, learning how to talk in these settings really took a lot of putting myself out there, failing, failing again, failing again, failing again, until finally something just like clicked. And I was like, oh, I actually have a lot of power in this. I have a lot of voice. I have a lot to give here. And once I stopped, this was the biggest thing. Once I stopped focusing on proving my own worth and like showing up to the party to prove myself and started focusing on giving information to other people, giving, it's all about the other person. That was when everything changed. And I went from terrified to like, so mission driven. It was like crazy. And that wasn't until like two years ago. So that was more recent. Is that cool? That feeling like when you go from feeling like, do people like, do people want what I have to offer? Is this how this is, is this going to make people how am I how do I cater this what should I do do I customize this to the and when you go from that I don't know Megan even as a writer I'm sure you've felt this way like when you go from that to feeling like this is what I have it's really awesome the right people who need this are gonna get it and that's the part that matters like not like I'm gonna try and make myself be the person that two trillion people want, but I'm, I'm going to take this really cool thing that I have and my people are going to find me and they're going to be gifted with this. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they always say like to, you should write for yourself, not for others. And it's like, I've seen so many writing groups that I belong to that it's like, Oh, I see such and such, you know, young adult fantasy is the new thing. What is everybody, you know, like, does anybody have ideas? And I'm just like, but do you write that? Mm-hmm. You know, do, so it's do just you like, read that even? Yeah, do like, you, you read that? Exactly. It's like, no, that's it. So it's, it, it's, it's a different game when you, when you're passionate about something, it's, mm-hmm. it's much easier to, to go for it. I remember when I um, used to try and write short stories that as a writer, <laughs> And I would write it really like, I don't know. She walked into the open field and immediately was overcome by the aroma of fresh lavender as it blew gently in the breeze of the blah, blah, you know, whatever. <laughs> so well done. Wow. I just whipped that out of your back. Beautiful. And then I would show it to, you know, my writing group or something. And they would be like, it's just like, it's nice, but like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> like, it's not you. Like, you don't talk like yeah. that. That's not you. And I was like, for the, I don't know how many years, singing, performing, writing, 
of hearing people say like, you just need to find your voice and being like, I don't know what they're talking about. They're so annoying. And so trying to find your voice to me was like, okay, how about this voice? La la la. Like, no, I'm not that voice. Okay. How about this other voice? Like, and having a really hard, it's so weird that accessing your own self is such a challenge. Like you're like, I can wear this mask or this mask or this mask, but they're like, no, just take them all off. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's made so much more intense because of like social media and like this like need to be someone else to fit a certain model so you can like be a self-worthy human or whatever like I think it's been made so much more drastic by like oh you can't like you have to find your voice but by the way it has to be in these in this mold, it has to be in this square or else you're ostracized or else you're weird and the brain literally sees like oh, I'm out of place or, oh, I'm left behind as a death sentence because that's how it was when we were cave people. If we were left behind, the saber-toothed tiger would kill us and the rest of the people would go on to the next camp. And as much as we have evolved as society, um, our brains have evolved 0% because we are still those cave people living in just, you know, 21st century bodies. But like, there's such this like fear of if I find my own voice, people won't love me and then I'll die. And it's like, okay, dramatic. <laughs> like you're being really dramatic right now, brain. <laughs> but it's true. It's our our survival instinct really kicks in. That's cool. I've heard that uh, used before when someone was describing jealousy to me once because I was like, jealousy is a sickness. And they're like, no, it's an instinct. <laughs> it's, it's like back in the day, if your man, let's say, if you have one, leaves you for that woman at the farm down the road you and your 12 children are kind of screwed. Like, like that possessiveness is not, it's not weird. It's not that you're weird, but you do need to check in with yourself and be like, Hey, get what, guess what century this is. Are you writing a story about you having 12 children and your, I'd read it. Your Amish husband leaves you for a city woman. I don't know. I did. I, I I would love to have 12 children. Minus the Amish husband part. <laughs> just, just the 12 kids would be great. I would like that. Um, so I guess working, Nicole, with artists uh, came pretty naturally to you since you were surrounded by them. And that was kind of the world that you that you knew really well. Yeah, I'd say something I realized, especially after going to school for, for musical theater, but also like being around actors, um, uh, stage designers, lighting designers, artists. Like, I mean, I was surrounded. It was like a very creative liberal arts school. Um, I'd have to be literally an ostrich with my head stuck in the ground to not notice patterns. Like there were, there's so many patterns. It's either like a, like there's different categories of how people need to find that self-worth or need to define success for themselves and artists really have this like distant view of what success is for them and by the way it's on this like crazy high pedestal and it's an insanely high expectation and it's really hard to achieve and a lot of the times it's either really discouraging and it causes them to like self-sabotage or not show up to auditions or not show up to paint that day um, and then sometimes it also causes them to like, try to people please, or try to outperform every single other person. Actually one of, so one of the, the things at my school was everyone tried to be busier than everyone else. <laughs> I, oh God, I like, I have so 
many gray, I'm 27 and I have like gray hairs from that experience at school. Like, cause everyone was like, I went to the gym four times today. I went to the practice rooms for three hours. I danced for 45 minutes, four times. And I also went to all my classes and I'm getting straight A's. And I'm like, I, um, but that was how you were deemed worthy at the school. And it was not just my school. I've seen this across the, across the board, but there's this need to be such an overachiever, but by the way, also fit this mold, but by the way, also please every other person and put yourself last. But by the way, self-care is also a super hot and trendy topic. So you have to be doing that and put your pre- put pressure on yourself to be doing self-care. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I've seen so many different patterns <laughs> with creatives. I, I love that you um, brought that up about the busy thing because, um, I, I know for sure at a, at a point in my life, um, I've always struggled. Like the worth thing is like my therapist's favorite topic. Um, so <laughs> that's been an issue for a long about time. About your therapist's favorite topic? Not <laughs> about <yours>. me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about this. And just like, bring it back. Um, but I, I, I do think at one point I felt for sure, like if I said I'm so busy or I'm so tired, like it makes you seem super important and you've got mm-hmm. so much going on and that gives you some kind of value or worth. And th- I don't remember when it happened, but I just remember one day hearing myself telling someone like, I'm so busy or I'm so tired. Cause they were like, how are you? So tired, so busy. Mm-hmm. And I heard it and it, I was like, like, ew, what a gross thing to say to somebody <laughs> like they're like hey how are you so I'm so busy like who cares what a weird thing to say or worse I'm so tired like ew like you don't have to lie and say like I'm just so great I'm amazing I'm awesome but like why are you like on eh? somebody who was just really doesn't actually care how you are most of the time they're just like hey and, um, and I noticed that about anger. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but some people get angry really easy or they, they act angry really easy. And I was watching like somebody, I don't remember where it was like in a grocery store or something. And she's like, this is an outrage, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, I'm so angry. And I was like, she's doing the same thing. It like, it was not genuine. I could tell she wasn't angry, angry, like not as angry as she was acting. It just was like giving her some like if I'm angry, I'm important. I don't have time for this shit or whatever it was. And I was like, wow, we get stuck in these really weird habits, which first of all, people just don't want to be around you. If every time they see you, you're like tired or I'm so busy or I'm really angry, <laughs> like yep. yuck. But also the message you give yourself. I don't know if you guys have done this, but like, yeah, I am really tired a lot of time. As you both know, I don't sleep. It's So I've spent a lot of time being tired, but if I say that out loud, like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just exhausted. Like I feel my whole body, like get even more tired. Like, it's just like, it even drains that what was left out of you. And it's funny because some of the things that we decide makes us like valuable, worthy, important, whatever word can go in there. It's actually just doing the opposite thing. And, and if you do want opportunities and you want gigs and stuff like that, here's a hot tip. If, 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 if a booker asks you, how are you? And you say, I'm so busy. They're like, okay, later. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you just lost the gig they're about to offer you. So maybe don't be like so busy that you don't have time for them. Um, is there something that you, this is tricky because like everybody's really different and then performers and artists like have a ton of we have admittedly a ton of ego at play all the time (laughs) but is there one or two things that you see for sure sort of commonly are getting in their way of I think you kind of you mentioned one which was that the goal they're setting for themselves is not real life most of the time is there something else that you see that's really common? That's sort of an obstacle that they're putting in their own way a lot. Oh, I have so many. I'm trying to think of which one I feel like would be most important to say. Um, you know what? It actually ties very closely into what you were just saying about like anger and being busy. Um, we as human beings have human needs that we have to fill, and sometimes a task fills more than one of them. There's six in total, but, um, sometimes the task fills more one, more than one of them. And that task then becomes an addiction or a habit. And the six human needs of them, one of them is significance, the need to feel significant. And that can look like in a really healthy way that can look like feeling proud, feeling like accomplished, feeling like, Oh my God, I did this. I went from here to here. And I feel so good about myself. Look at that transformation. I feel incredible but in a really negative way, it can look like, oh my God, I'm so busy. And then everyone's (laughs) like, oh, she's important. And you're like, yeah, I am. (laughs) And I think that really gets in people's way because first of all, it immediately makes you put yourself on a pedestal, whether Mm -hmm. you actually do or not, it's an illusion of a pedestal, which yeah, at the pedestal, when no one else is up there, it's lonely. And then you feel like you constantly need to build up another and another and another. And it's just this, this detrimental addiction. So to combat that, the opposite of that six human needs, all there's uh, three different categories. All of them are kind of oppositions with each other uh, with two in each, but the opposite of significance is love and connection. So if you instead really be present with someone, especially I saw this at auditions all the time. Um, like we'd be sitting in the audition room and they'd be like, Oh, like how long have you been here? And someone's like, since five 30, that someone was me. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit, but I would say, Oh, since five 30. And they're like, Oh wow. Like, Oh my gosh, I wish I got here that early. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm first on the list. And it's like, I thought it was such hot shit because of that. And it was not to get myself in the room earlier. It was literally just for significance. It was just for that. And I have admitted that with many, much journal sessions, but instead, if I had sat there with this girl and just had connected with her at a human level, it would have been, it would have transformed my experience. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have drained me as quickly because significance used unhealthily is a huge drain on not only yourself, but the people around you, but it also would have, we're human beings. We're meant to connect with other people people and this whole like there's only one spot in the at the top or like you have to like cut through everyone to get ahead is such bullshit especially now with opportunities left and right and to really open it up and let yourself be a human being first Mm. and a creative second is absolutely invaluable and that means finding your own voice finding what self-care looks like for you really 
balance as much as possible. I think balance is an illusion, particularly because we have different phases of life that are busy, that are slow, but finding that rest time, allowing yourself to slow down, um, just really pouring love and intention into being a human and listening to your body, yourself, your intuition over than this illusion, over this illusion of who you should be. So that was like covering 50 different topics in that answer. <laughs> but I think that real the, the, the bottom line is just like, start to find what feels good for you. So that can look like journaling that can look like meditation that can look like reading a personal development book that can look like working with a coach or a mentor or starting to listen to podcasts. You're listening to one right now, but like <laughs> really touching on your own personal development mm-hmm. rather than this like race to the finish that people have alluded as personal development. And I admittedly was in that for a long time and it was exhausting. And I'm a lot happier now because I've learned how to speed up and I've learned how to slow down. I, I just finished, um, a program with a psychologist. And at the end, I was sad that it was finishing. She was amazing. And I learned so much. And, um, she said just quickly, what's scaring you? What's, what's making you sad or worried that this is done and that you're you're set free to go, you know, mm-hmm. take the tools you have and, and work on them. And one of the things I said to her was, cause you're not going to be there to validate me. Like you, when I feel something, you won't be there to say, no, it's not selfish. It's a human you know, thing, or no, it's not shitty or no, you're not a bad parent or partner or whatever. And now I'm going to be alone to like doubt myself again. And she was, it was, I, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> And she said to me, you don't need validating. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to be validated. And if you were just doing what you wanted to do and what felt right and good to you, you wouldn't need that. Yeah. And I think that is really cool. I don't know why I just was like floored when she said that. And it makes perfect sense. And it goes exactly with what you just said about significance, because you were saying, if you're doing your thing and it's bringing you joy, you're like, that significance needs to come from you having a sense of accomplishment or having a sense of pride or having a sense of connection or having a sense of who you really are. But like, it's all in here. It's not, it can't ever come from outside. And it doesn't matter if you think you need to be validated by an audience that's such a great feeling. Being on stage is amazing. Feeding that energy back and forth with the audience is amazing. All three of us have experienced like the rush that you get when that happens, but that's from that energy. It's, it's not from being validated because otherwise the minute you walk off the stage, you have no validation again and you're empty again and you would be scrambling to get more of that. I, you know, so, um, I, I, it, this is brand new to me. This is why I started by saying I'm 50. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm, just just now, I'm just bragging, but, uh, <laughs> but just to, it was just interesting that even after like raising three daughters who are now, you know, women in their twenties and a million life experiences that I've had and in multiple careers and failed marriages and way too many pets, um, that I I was sitting there going, I don't need to be validated. (laughs) 
oh my god you're so right i just need to, to be and do and it's such a practice because i don't know about you but the first time i felt that feeling of like whoa this comes from within me it was like a oh shit this is what they're talking about this feels so good and then like five minutes later it was gone because like something had happened because I had gone back to an old pattern immediately and it takes that that conditioning it takes uh, conditioning sounds so intense so let's back it up like it takes (laughs) practicing it and as annoying as it sounds it takes practicing it every freaking day sometimes multiple times throughout the day something I have my clients do is when we have like a new affirmation or when we have like a gratitude practice that especially like they're really wanting to sink in is rather than just do like a journal in the morning, I have them set alarms in their phone for every two hours throughout the day, because, you know, we're uh, millennials and our phones are basically attached to our body. And once that alarm goes off, that says like, stop and be grateful, they pause I'm going to repeat that. They pause because that's really important. A lot of the times people will be like, okay, like I'm going to keep going. And it's like, no, no, no. You have to pause. Think about something that you're grateful for. Wait for the click moment. Cause there's a moment where it's a chore to think about, or like, oh, like I'm just thinking about it, but my mind's actually somewhere else. Or I should be keep going or I should keep going. But there's a moment that it's like, Ooh, I'm present. Ooh, I really feel that gratitude right now. I'm really connected to that, like higher self, that, that universal connection or whatever you want to call it. And then keep going throughout your day. But when you let that sink in four times a day, that, that inner power comes so much quicker because first of all, you're using it really intentionally. You're waiting for that click. And second of all, you're doing it multiple times throughout the day, which is breaking your pattern because we're living 95% of our day in habits. So it's breaking your pattern to go back to that old way of like, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. It's going, it's, it's rewriting that basically. It's like the whiteout is going over it and you're writing over it. I haven't said whiteout in like 10 years. (laughs) I almost said whiteout earlier. I'm really glad to hear you say that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Good old fashioned whiteout. <laughs> um, so what, um, now you're not just working with artists. You sort mm-hmm. of, I, 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 on your path, you kind of like zoomed in and a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. So what brought you then to sort of make a shift? I have been working with artists for a while. And I realized that the need to prove your worth, need to be perfect all the time, need to exceed your expectations. I realized that that was really the, the mindset, the, um, daily habit that, that belief system that I connected with so much deeper than like, here's what your audition song should be. And like, nothing against that. But I was like, you know what? (laughs) Megan made a face. She was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, I realized I was like, you know what? Like I, I love the industry. I love theater. I will never stop going into theater. Like I listen to musicals all the time in my car, but I don't want to keep up to date with the like research of the industry and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I felt like I needed to do that with just artists because I worked with them on audition material as well. And I was like, no, I really have so much 
enjoyment, so much gusto, so much mission in that mindset, that perfectionist mindset. And so I started working with people beyond artistry. I started working with like people who were starting their own businesses or people who were in nine to fives or people who had just gotten laid off and are wanting to find their next thing, but want to find it from a place of alignment. And I started working with people like that. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I love working with people like this. And more often than not, they have some element of creativity. I really don't think that's ever going to leave me, but, um, it's, it's, it really, I just, I kind of broaden the scope. I really, I was actually talking with, um, my coach and Jen, I know, I know, you know, her Delaney, and I was talking with her and just saying, you know what? Like, I really don't think that I want to work with just artists anymore. Like I'm not getting that like same drive when we talk about theater. And she was like, try working with perfectionists because I think you'd be really good at it. And it was just like a, oh, duh. And it really wasn't until I shift that and I found my drive in it and I found the language and I found the, 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 the words to really connect with people that that was when my business blew up. That was when it started really like getting the traction that I had been working so hard for, for three years. So, yeah. I am. I remember I saw you, uh, when I first was working with Delaney and she was like, I don't know what she did. She did something that gave me, Oh, I know she, 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 when she was still on social media, she did like a, a shout out, like all day was just like blasting Mm -hmm. all her clients and all the cool stuff that they're doing. So it's just like, follow, 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 like, yes, let's rise each other up. And, um, uh, and I saw your um, Instagram and you were at the beginning of your coaching stuff. And I couldn't believe how much energy you had. I was just like, I can't, I, maybe I can't do this. <laughs> like, of course, what I'm doing is very different. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely trying to motivate people, but it's very, it's like about, you know, medicine and health and nutrition and stuff like that. But it's still about empowering people. And, um, so I was, yeah, I was watching you. I was like, how am I going to to find that kind of energy? This woman, but I'll even tell you, there have been some people who like, you know, the trolls on the internet that have been like, Oh, like, okay, Barbie or, Oh, okay. You sound like you're 12 or like, I actually make a joke of it now in my podcast that I'm sassy Cinderella. Cause someone was like, you sound like a Disney princess. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) But I I started leaning into it because I'm like, I'm not for everyone. I know that there are some people who like, let's say a a CEO white guy in his late seventies is probably not going to take me as seriously (laughs) as he would as like another CEO white guy in his late seventies or whatever. But like, I know I'm not for everyone because I know I'm a like energizer bunny. And I also know that the people that I am for feed off of that. So sometimes I'm like, okay, like, there was one time I was about to hop on with a client and I was just like tired. I was like, okay, like just get through this one call and you've got it. And the second she hopped on, I was like, okay, let's go. And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> like what? And it wasn't like a performance. It was like, this really just like came out of me. And I think it was just because when I'm in state, when I'm in this world, this can sound so cheesy, but lean into the cheese with me. Like when I'm in this, this place of teaching this kind of stuff and talking about it I'm just like the happiest version of myself and that 
really is so cheesy and I don't even care because <laughs> like, it's so true. And I just love it. It's not, it's not at all cheesy. I, I, if I'm on stage, I feel it's so weird. Sometimes I'm nervous about a show or something. And then when I get on stage and start talking, I like, I'm like, Oh, I'm at home. Like it feels so good. And it's not, and I have the energy. I'll be exhausted. How am I going to do this? I can't do this show tonight. It's going to take everything I can. Megan, I don't know if you get this. Like when you have a, a show and you're like, you're so, kind of like talking yourself out of it a bit. Like, oh, oh maybe I'm coming down. With yeah. And I also have like that whole drive, you know, like an hour drive to Montreal. So I'm just like, oh, are the roads even nice today? And I'll like constantly check my phone, like checking the road conditions. I'm like, oh, it's August, I guess. Yeah, I guess I can go. <laughs> but no, and then you get on stage and it's great. But then as soon as it's off, it's like, it shuts right down. Like that time, Jen, you had to ask me questions or something on stage. And I almost I, brought this up. I just didn't want to embarrass you, but go ahead. No, because what was it? Was it for Montreal history or history, women's history or something like, like that? No, history of burlesque. Yeah. And so after I finished, Jen comes on stage and she's supposed to ask every artist a question. And I can't remember what the question was, but I like wrapped my arms around her and I was shaking so bad. So you have and to, you know, you have to know that Megan is an incredibly dynamic performer and she gets on stage and she does this whole choreographed routine in this gorgeous costume and it ends with her like basically naked and just like shaking her tassels like a goddess on the stage and then she you know she's sauntering off the stage like she's the queen of everything and I grab her and I pull her back to the microphone and I say like the audience wants to know like what's the difference between your stage persona red rocket and Megan and she's like buries her head in me like won't even look at the people I was like, like, a, I'm like a puppy that's just like wants to be I was just like I can see all of you people <laughs> I feel like okay Megan's here right now because yeah this like sex goddess that was on the stage five seconds ago was just like what you're gonna talk to me and like turned right into Megan it was like don't yeah. I can't no, no I can't uh, yeah. No. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yes. And also, but the same thing with, um, I have the same thing when it comes to, um, coaching clients and even just learning, I get weird. Like I'll be so exhausted and I'm studying and I'm like, Oh, I can barely keep my eyes open. And then all of a sudden I'm like, did you know, Oh my God, do you know how long it takes to digest a carrot? And <laughs> my girlfriend's just like oh god somebody kill me like do I have to listen to this this is crazy the vagus nerve is like the longest nerve in your entire body she's like I thought you were going to bed <laughs> it's like, this Wait, how long does it take to digest a carrot I need to know I just made that up but, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's, it's you know I, I just remember like the first time I was like what our food only stays in our actual first like the stomach for a very short time and then it's travels through this whole like digestive system and you know, just, but yeah I get super excited and then sometimes I have to apologize to people for my exuberance because I'm just like you're this is not exciting to you is it you're not you don't care about the vagus nerve are you sure though because it's make them care fascinating. <laughs> this, is, this is great stuff well Jen 
Kelly just let me know that it's 60 minutes to digest a carrot. <laughs> Kelly, thank Kelly. you. Kelly is coming in clutch today. Right? <laughs> I don't know what I would do without that information. I'm so glad I know it now. You're welcome from Kelly. I'm the same way. I In the morning, we watch CTV News. And before they go on break, they always show like a clip of history, like today in history, and then they go all through the the years. And if something catches it, catches me, I'm like gone. I'm on my phone. I'm researching it. And like the entire time my husband's getting ready, I'm like, did you know? And then this happened. And then, 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 then. and he's like, I got to get going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Megan's a, she writes historical fiction. So that is so, oh my God. My fiance would adore you because he loves history. He is you and I am your husband, like in that scenario, literally. Are you into Um, bonsais? Am I into who now? Into bonsai trees. Bonsai trees? Is that what you just asked? Like a tree? Little trees. Yeah, Yeah, because that's what Jesse's all about and he can talk to I have never heard of a bonsai tree and now I feel like I am really missing out. <laughs> like Hell I have a I have a plastic plant because <laughs> I can't be trusted with a real plant because I'll kill it. <laughs> no, the answer is no, she's not into bonsai trees. Okay, I thought maybe she was one with my husband with that. <laughs> I lost my streak. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Megan, your husband can talk for hours about a lot like almost anything so I'm sure that he and Nicole have plenty in common that we just I haven't <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll discover it I promise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now when you were saying that perfectionists make this dream and they put it really you know it's a little too high and it's unattainable is it do you think it's because they do it on purpose Ooh. I think we're conditioned with like the 30 under 30 lists or with the TikTok that now like 11 year olds are superstars. I think that we're conditioned that like, if your dreams aren't exponential, then you're clearly not trying hard enough and you're clearly not worthy or whatever it is. And I don't think that insane dreams or like high expectation dreams are unobtainable, but I think that what happens with perfectionists is they see like, okay, I'm here at point A, point B is becoming a multimillionaire. In order to get from point A to point B, I have to do that tomorrow. And that's a perfectionist. They like say it has to happen right now. When in actuality, becoming a multimillionaire, it's like, okay, like what do I need to do to get to there? And what I call chunking it down or what the coaching field calls chunking it down. So biting these down into manageable stepping stone goals. So let's say like, if you're wanting to become a multimillionaire, maybe step one is start a business that you love. So let's say you're like, I'll just say like starting a health coaching business. Well, in order to start a health coaching business, you will need a, like you'll need clients, maybe a website or all this kind of stuff, taking those mini stepping stone goals and then chunking those mini stepping stone goals into what I call one sitting tasks or things that are 90, like 90 minutes or less, you can accomplish this thing. So for instance, the step, the mini stepping stone goal of building a website could be turned into, um, start researching three different website platforms and find the one that you like and sign up. That's a one sitting task. But what perfectionists will do is they'll say, okay, Thursday, I'm going to work on my website. 
And our brain sees that and is like, whoa, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So I'm just going to put that off till tomorrow because I'm not feeling motivated today. And that is actually just our brain saying, I, that is out of my comfort zone. That is the unknown. I don't know what that means. So I'm actually just going to stay here. And if you actually instead just say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to research platforms to host my website on and pick one and sign up, your brain will look at that and say, oh, you know, I know exactly how to do that. Let's do it now. So it's, it's a tedious and long process, but by chunking it down into those really tiny, minute one sitting tasks, that is when you actually get the traction because your, your brain is able to handle that. You're able to take action on that because it's not the unknown. Even if it's outside of your comfort zone, you know exactly what to do for the next 30 minutes to an hour. Did that answer your question? Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 I know this wasn't such um, a common thing then, but I like, really wish I had known somebody like you years ago, like my whole life, since I was a tiny person, my parents are performers, artists, actors, stuff. So I have been acting since I was eight years old. And I knew when I was little that I was going to be, I knew I was going to be a famous Hollywood actress. And there was no doubt in my mind. And that was that. So I told everyone my whole childhood and into my teens, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an actress and blah, blah. And I wanted it with every ounce of my being. And I would send like acting resumes and headshots. This was in the olden days. So you sent them by mail (laughs) and then you would or would not get called for an audition. And the thing is, I had exactly what you're talking about, Nicole. It was not like I was sending them to LA, Mm. you know, like I would hear about huge movies that were being cast and I would send my headshot and a written, written resume in the mail to Los Angeles with like, my resume was like, community theater and like like things like like I was on a tv show once I've been in some terrible b movies and I kept just not even getting called for auditions and well into my 30s and then when I turned 40 I was like I'm too old no one's ever going to cast me for anything I mean anything meaningful to me and just kind of sort of gave up but also got sidetracked because people were asking me to do other things. Can you sing in this band? Can you be in this show? Can you come on tour with us for this burlesque thing? And I was like, well, you know what? That's performing. So that's as close as I'm going to get. And it's fun. So I'll just do that. And never mind about being an actress. And I'm a baby. So even still now when there's like, there's often a TV show being filmed on the corner of my street and I will like get sad and sometimes walk really slow with my dog. Like maybe we're super interesting and they'll ask us to be extras. Like like, now's the moment they're going to, they're going to recognize that my talent as I just wander by in my pajamas this morning, today's the day. And I'm listening to you talk and I'm just thinking about like, I've had people recently say like, why didn't you ever just get an agent? Like, why didn't you do 
like, why didn't you try and be an extra or something? Why don't you just do something in the industry? Like, why were you trying to get a starring role in a movie in Hollywood? Like what? And, but I, honest to God, it's not even cause I, it's, it wasn't even like all or nothing. It was just like, this is what I want. So I'm going to aim for it. And just like you said, missing all the the other stuff. I could have auditioned for stuff here in in Montreal. I knew people here. I could have told them, I really want to do this. Do you know who I should talk to? I could have tried to get an agent or a manager or something. And I just, I honestly just didn't even know. In my head, it was like, if I don't know the right person and I'm not in the right place at the right time, it's not going to happen. So I'm just going to keep trying to be in the right place at the right time. And, um, and then like sending pictures of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but at the time, had there been someone who was like, okay, cool. So you're going to be a Hollywood starlet. Good for you. What is a 90 minute? Like what's a test right this second? And I would need you in the past in my fantasy to be like, not including sending a headshot to like Steven Spielberg <laughs> direct. Cause you found his address on some creepy website. Um, Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. But if you had been like, have you ever like, I don't know. Do you know what sort of organizations there are in the city that you live in or something, you know, like it just never. Yeah. So I just, you know, mourned my losses and felt sad for myself and was like, I'm a really excellent actress. Someone should cast me. It was like from your living room. Like how like someone's going to knock on the door. I could feel what a stellar performer you are through the wall. And so I thought I'd ask you to come out and join our film crew. Well, and that's why I feel like right now, especially for performers, there's, it's like so saturated because it's like, if I'm not TikTok famous, then I'm screwed. And it's like, no, that's like, it's, it's just, it really just breaks down to those 90 minute one sitting tasks, because when we're just, just like throwing stuff into the ether, we feel like we're in this massive control loop. We like have like our talents, like sunk into this. And it's like, I have to control this. So I'm just going to do everything. But when we take like that really specific aligned action, first of all, you actually, it's like, so it's crazy. It's like the talents come out because you know exactly what you're doing and you're able to like find the next step and the next step and the next step. And it was what I was talking about earlier that that fulfillment comes in because you start becoming present because you know exactly what you're doing rather than like running around. I like to use this example, actually. Um, for anyone listening, I want you to picture that you have 40 cats in front of you and these cats took some hyperactive catnip and they're like running around and your sole mission in life, your goal is to herd every single one of these 40 cats at once. And by the way, their claws have never been cut. So they're like razor sharp. You can't do that, <laughs> like you can't, but you can try, you'd go crazy. You'd try to like control the cat and it would scratch you and you'd feel tor- like terrible. But if you went after one cat, just one, like sunk your eyes on one cat and said, you're mine and you, ran after it. Probably it would try some different tactics. You'd have to change your techniques a few times because no, you can't just run to the cat and it's picked up. Like you have to, you know, you're like maybe shifting sands and whatever, but eventually you're going to get this cat. 
You're going to love it. You're going to pet it so much. You're going to celebrate the crap out of it because you got this cat. And then you put it in the herd, which is like a safe, loving place. And then you just repeat for the rest of the 40 cats. Now, I might be insane or crazy. I'm a crazy creative for making this up. But this tactic is really important when it comes to goal setting. Because if you're trying to herd every one of the cats at once, you will go insane and you'll probably quit because it's really overwhelming. Maybe you'll try a few times and a few times again and a few times again, but you'll be really burnt out quickly. You'll lose sight of your mission really quickly. Um, but if you just laser beam focus on that one thing and then the next thing, and then the next thing, it allows that like sense of accomplishment. It allows that sense of like, oh, I actually did something in order to get me closer to my goal. So that's my wildly weird way of <laughs> saying, saying that that is totally normal to try to herd all 40 cats at once. It's a lot of what we do today, but it don't work. <laughs> um, last Thursday, dance started back up outside and it was in, um, in a park and I'm trying to pay attention to our coaches and they're talking and this adorable long haired wiener dog puppy walks by and I'm just I'm watching and my dance partner actually like puts up a blinder she's like you need to focus <laughs> I was like I know but look at it she's like I know I know like that's shiny object syndrome but just like long hair wiener dog <laughs> syndrome. Oh, anyway, like, like I'm surprised I didn't scream I, I did threaten to kidnap it though <sighs> I was thinking about what you were saying two seconds ago, Nicole, too, about, um, you know, just instead of trying to force all the, the things to happen, to like start with the thing that you you know, I can't remember your exact wording, but this is what I felt. And I was thinking, Megan, like, don't you feel that way sometimes about writing? Like if you are like, okay, I have to write a chapter and you sit down, like it's important as a writer to force yourself to write and and just to do it and be like it's okay if it's garbage but I need to like stay in you know that but but you know when you're like I have to write this chapter about this thing and you sit down and you're fighting it all the way and nothing good is coming out of it compared to when you're like I have to write hopefully it's about this thing <laughs> and I'm gonna let it like it's, you know, when it just evolves on its own and it shows you what's going to be written, like the, you might actually walk away with something that you're like, this is really fucking good. Like, this is really good. Whereas if you spent the whole hour fighting with yourself, trying to force yourself to write about this specific thing or come up with the ending or the something, the moment, and you just walk away really disappointed in yourself. Cause this is like crap. And you know what I'm talking about? No, I mean, it's like everything. No, I write no, no. Genius. no, I thought you were going on about the text that I sent you, but I was just like, what do you think about this idea? And like, oh, let's no. throw ideas off. And you're like, oh, okay. And you went off. I'm like, because why finish the book I'm working on now when I could be writing this fourth book when the third book is finished, but it should be published and you should be querying. But then the fifth book, you're already trying to start. And then she stopped talking to me. I'm just used to you randomly out of the blue asking me questions about prostitution. I'm just like, she's obviously working on a new book. I don't know. <laughs> it's, supposed new, it's supposed to be a new book. I love y'all's <laughs> friendship. This is great. 
<laughs> if you were a prostitute, uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes, that's what I would do. Yeah. Definitely. But what if you were a prostitute in 1908? <laughs> I have to think about that and get back to you. <laughs> How would you have gotten a porn magazine in 1933, Jen? Where would you have purchased that? <laughs> um <laughs> so you just called yourself insane or a little bit crazy for your cat herding um analogy which I think was brilliant and I mostly was laughing because I feel like I have 40 cats upstairs so I don't really have to imagine it I just have to go upstairs um do you think that like being a little bit crazy and being creative kind of go hand in hand if there's another way to be creative, I'd love it if someone let me know. <laughs> like I have no other idea or a way of being creative other than being a little crazy, but that's because creatives are already doing something that like 90% of the population won't do. And that is put themselves out there, get out of their comfort zone and trying shit. And that takes so much courage that I don't know if it could be sane because it's not what the quote normal population does, which also the normal population is very sad most of the time. Um, but, or they really like, they crave that certainty. Whereas creatives don't, they, they say like this, I see something bigger for my life and I'm going to go after it. And that is the best kind of crazy I could ever freaking imagine. I love that crazy. <laughs> that is such a good answer. We might never ask anyone that question again. <laughs> yeah, I, I say what next episode is when we ask someone, we're just like, you know what? No, no, no. No, we already got it. Never mind. And then we just replay <laughs> this part of this episode. <laughs> just ask them instead if there's 40 cats in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> which you got I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, did either of you do anything particularly crazy or creative or both in the last bit lately, recently? Um, on Friday, um, because our, I don't know about you, but in Quebec, we have different um, zones for COVID. So right now we're in yellow. I think Jen, you're still in orange. So you're like worse than us. I, I don't, don't even know. It, we're all going green on Monday anyways. So yellow means like we can go out a little bit more. We can be with um, up to three bubbles outside, like so my girlfriend and I went out to this um, ladies night and it was like a witch's night. So there was like tarot cards and a girl reading your aura. Um, there was smudging. And then there was this woman that was doing um, like with the pentacle, the, the pendulum, not the, <laughs> the pendulum. Anyways, so we were having a blast and you had to go like line to line. It was great. Um, the aura woman made my girlfriend cry like super emotional and I was just like oh my god <laughs> but <laughs> the best was this pendulum lady yeah so you sit down and she's like what's your question and it's like oh shit I didn't know I had to have a question so you know you're trying to think of something and I'm like uh I was like um am I gonna find Najit and she's like oh you write I'm like yeah she went on for 10 minutes about her writing <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
okay? And she's like, I'm going to find out next week if I, if I won some poetry contest and I'll be like some, and all I could think of was, you're about to tell me if I'm going to find an agent, but you can't tell me if you're going to win this competition next week. Like that's how, like, <laughs> so, and she kept, so like my hands on, on the table and she's like putting the pendulum and she's like rubbing my hand and she's just like, where do you live? And I'm like, Cowensville? She's like, me too. You know the blue house on Main Street? And I'm just like, sure. My PT cruise is there. Stop in. You don't need to wear a mask. Let's talk. And I'm like, and I tell my husband this and he's like, shit, I think I know which crazy house this is. And we know which house it is. She always has like crazy junk outside on her front lawn like trying to sell stuff so just when I think mine is great my girlfriend Elie goes and she's like I want you to pick a pendulum and it has all the different crystals and she's like oh this one she's like oh everyone picks this one so he's like oh I'm sorry I'll pick something else <laughs> no so she's like well wait when's your birthday so she's like, oh, it's July. And she, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Never mind. You can use that one. Yeah. So anyways, that was kind of like our, our crazy creative. Um, on Friday. <laughs> are, you going, are you going to the PT Cruiser though? No, but <laughs> I know where it is. So I know where to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I told, it's my girlfriend's uh, store. And so she's like, how's everything going? And we're like, oh, the aura girl was just like amazing and like super sweet. And she's like, what'd you think about the lady in the corner? <laughs> and Eli and I just kind of like look at her. She's like, I found her in the yellow pages. And I'm like, that's why. Cause who advertises in the yellow pages? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's oh like, Oh, and she's 80. She had to tell everybody. She was telling everybody. She's like me. She's just bragging. <laughs> and she's like, how old do you think I am? Like, Megan. Know. Megan's like, uh, I don't know, 100? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're alive? <laughs> I almost feel like if you go into the PT Cruiser, she's just going to be like, I am your agent. Join me. <laughs> like, that is like, that's the plot to us that's going to happen. <laughs> don't though because I have a feeling you also might die so like but you'll say it like in a poem like in a rhyming poem yeah like a quiz you get to just figure out you or like uh not a quiz what are they uh those riddles there we go it's like a riddle oh my gosh yeah she, she all I can think of was she kind of reminds me of like the um the old lady in the with Hansel and Gretel like I just feel like she would probably put me in an oven if I showed up to her house that checks that like 100 checks yeah oh I feel yeah like she basically told you that like i yeah. that's my house come inside yeah. i'm gonna bake you but then i think the best like i had to hold back my laughter because i was trying to be serious and she's you know when she's finally being serious as well and she's like trying to think and everything <laughs> a mosquito lands on her and she just smacks it really hard like out of nowhere so you're just like totally like in the moment 
and the pendulum is going back and forth and it's like whack! <laughs> the rest of the I'm girls afraid. though that did it like the tarot girl amazing aura girl amazing my girlfriend laura who ran everything amazing this 80 year old woman that wants to cook me <laughs> and turn me into a poetry uh, into a poem Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that goes under crazy or creative or just. I feel like you did something creative and met a crazy person. <laughs> you were there and some crazy shit happened at you. There was a lot of girls that didn't even bother going. They were just like. <laughs> and the girl that read the auras, she's like. I'm getting gray from there. She's like, this is not good for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's taking all of my energy right now. Yeah. That's too good. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Nicole? Did, I you, can't did anyone that. try and kidnap you or bake you this week? I don't even know where to go from there. Oh my God. Um crazy or creative. Uh, you know what? Here's, here's what I did. Um, so I was saying right before we started recording to, to these lovely, lovely people that I got a weird shot on Monday. It's not a weird shot. Like it's very like normal, but it did something weird to my body. And so I've been like laying in bed all day and kind of having like little, little sick Nicole time, but I have quite literally beat the perfectionist out of me in every single area of my life with the exception of when I'm sick. When I'm sick, I have to be the most productive human being on the freaking planet. And my fiance kept coming in today and he's just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm making my TikToks for the next two weeks. And he's like, why? <laughs> like, why are you doing that? So I was trying to be creative, but really in actuality, I was just crazy. So <laughs> eventually he finally took like my work away. And he set me up with Bridgerton and my computer because apparently that's the only thing that calms me down. And <laughs> right now and he turned out the lights and he's like, go to bed, like go back to sleep. And I'm like, fine. And then he comes back in and I have my, my microphone and I'm like recording next to his podcast. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so he, he gave me a talking to. He's so loving. He's like, I want you to be okay. Like, I want you to get better. And this is not helping. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. Just when I am sick, that is when my per perfectionist like comes out like a tiger. Mm -hmm. And so we're working on it. I did a lot of, a lot of um, <laughs> introspective after I got my talking to from my fiance, but um, that would, it's, that is my crazy, that's my crazy moment for the day. That's really good. And extremely, <laughs> sadly, just way too relatable. <laughs> it's the worst when you're God, sick. Like, Why am I sick? I could be getting so much done. Like, Literally. You, you wouldn't, you'd be working. You wouldn't be, cause you wouldn't be laying here with a thousand things going through your head. Whenever I'm sick, I'm like, I don't have to do what I, I planned to do that day. I have to do what I planned to do the rest of the week <laughs> one yeah. day to prove that I can be like still productive. Make I can handle it. <laughs> I just like, uh, it was so dumb. And now looking back, I'm like, we we learned something today nicole we learned that this is this has still got a lot of work to do in this field i, I want to say that 
the um, immunization that you got, I got this same one uh, eight years ago and my body does, I have like autoimmune issues. So my body likes to react to things really strangely. So what it did aside from just make me feel horrible for a few days was that my mouth for like a month after the immunization tasted like butter. It was the weirdest freaking thing. I went to four doctors. <laughs> I was like, my mouth tastes like butter. And they were like, weird. Like, oh, no. <laughs> that is really weird. You're going to say like, like, like rust or something that like really is just like, yeah, like copper. Yeah. yeah like like yeah. butter, butter. <laughs> Butter. Wow. And so I went to these doctors, one of them even did blood tests, but he was just humoring me. He was like, I, I don't know. I'll take some of your blood, I guess. Like, I don't <laughs> like all my stuff was normal. Uh, one of my clients was a naturopath at the time. And she was like, you mean do a liver cleanse? It sounds like your liver. And like I did the liver cleanse, nothing didn't help. And so I wrote a blog post about it, hoping that somebody like on, not on my nutrition website obviously but like on my on the ladies lounge uh I just wrote a thing about like this is I my mouth is like butter I don't know what's happening it's been going on for weeks but I have to tell you I rarely write for that website anymore it's like maybe a couple times a year for fun um but most of the traffic on that website is people googling why does my mouth taste like butter and I feel so mad because I didn't have the answer. Like all these poor people just go and oh read God. a shitty blog post about how come ever since I got my measles, mumps, rubella, fucking whooping cough, tetanus, whatever the crap that just was. Like, why does my mouth taste like butter? What's happening? And one person even wrote to me and was like, but what was it? <laughs> like, I had no idea. And that was recently. I was like, I don't know. That was almost 10 years ago and I never figured it out. Anyways, um, my crazy creative is the same. Uh, It is one thing and I'm sure neither of you can relate to this. I'm uh, giving a workshop this weekend on gut health and digestive support. Cool. So all you have to do for that is make sure that your workshop is written and then give it right. Mm. Wrong. What you also need to do is decide that it would be really cool to send in the mail little gifts to all the participants. That's so okay. Cute. So cute. Go buy something tiny and nope, don't buy it. Make it. Okay. <laughs> Make little packets of digestive tea for every participant. Okay, cool. So just like pop it in a little envelope and send nope. <laughs> Build a box. <laughs> Go chop down a tree. Build the box. Exactly. Train the carrier pigeon. Order special envelopes with little windows. Wrong color. Order other special <laughs> envelopes. Yes, perfect envelope. Good. And then just write digestive tea on it. Nope. Make really adorable labels. And then tape that. Nope. Go buy sticker paper. Come back. <laughs> like, this is the dumbest. I have literally spent four times more time and energy on these stupid time. They're not stupid. They're lovely little tiny. <laughs> it's like two cups of tea. 
than I have actually working on the workshop itself. Not procrastinating, not being a perfectionist at all. This was all super, (laughs) super important work that absolutely had to be done or the whole workshop would have failed, obviously. So I can't relate. No, (laughs) no one can relate to that, Jen. Um, oh, we've kept you way longer than we meant to, but, uh, sorry, but it was too much fun. Um, before we set you free, can you tell the listeners how to find you and follow you and love you? Set me, is this the recording button all over again? Am I free to leave? (laughs) When you, when you ask, when, like, when you press recording on zoom, it like pops up for participants. Like, do you want to leave this room? I was like, Oh God, am I trapped here? Um, where can they find me? They can find me on Instagram at life coach Baker, all one word, or you can go to lifecoachbaker.com to read all the things. Um, I actually just came out with a what type of perfectionist are you quiz because there are different types and it just launched today. So it's on my website if you want to take it. Um, and then you can find me on my podcast, which is life coach Baker. Clearly there's not a theme here at all. Um, (laughs) life coach Baker podcast, which is available literally anywhere, probably where you're listening to this podcast currently. And, um, if you think that perfectionism is something that's really hurting you and it going after your goals, send me a DM, send me an email at life or at hello at lifecoachbaker.com. And we can set up a free 30 minute call to talk about that because it's a bitch. It's a bitch. And honestly, I wish I had a coach when I was in the heat of my perfectionism. I kind of did, but it was my dad. So there was always that, like, you're my dad. I can't say too much. (laughs) There's my story. (laughs) Um, thank you. So Uh, wait, does your dad see people? Maybe no. Um, he does. He does actually. (laughs) He retired, but he still takes like two clients. Oh. <laughs> Can't seem to let it go. <laughs> it's too fun. That's why it's, it's so fun. fun. He's damn good at it too. He was like trained by like the original neuro-linguistic programming people. I'm just like, who the fuck are you? Like he isn't like his resume is stupid. I like look at him and I'm like, how are you both my role model and like my, my, my father who I, you know, crave love from, because that's how human nature works at the same time. The guy so. that you're just like, no. <laughs> all the time. I'm still a teenager at heart. Really. Um, well, thank you so much for taking time out to do this. It was so fun. This Thanks was so, so I don't think I've laughed this hard in a long time. So thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It makes us more visible to other people who don't know that we're out there and it makes our community that much bigger, which is great. If you would like more detailed show notes, you can go to our website, we'recrazycreative.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, which would be super fun and cool, you can go to anchor.fm slash we're crazy creative we'd love to hear from you and maybe we'll even play your message on one of our upcoming episodes speaking of hearing from you you can also follow us on instagram at we're crazy creative podcast you can find me on instagram at jennifer june chapman and on my website jenniferjunechapman.com for all things vegan i'm on instagram underscore sweet vegan underscore and on the world wide web at sweetvegan.net 
How about you, Megan? You can find me on Instagram at author.m.redmile or on Facebook, author Megan Redmile. And you can visit my website at meganredmile.com. And you can also find my books on Amazon.